God finds? I love Acts, Acts 2, verse 3. It says, and once the pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, it separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, and they were inspired to speak with tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they'd never learned. As we look at Hebrews 12, 26, he says, actually 27, the phrase once and for all clearly indicates the final removal of all things that are shaking. That is the old order, so only the unshakable will remain. Since we have been receiving our rights of an unshakable kingdom, we would be extremely thankful to offer to God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down. Wow. As we lay down, thankful to offer God the purest worship as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender. Come on, someone shout surrender. surrender. Filled with awe for our God is a holy devouring fire. Steel city fire. How many want more fire in your life? You know, I'm excited about the fire of God because the fire of God brings this illumination. It brings revelation. It brings breakthrough. It brings a fresh anointing. It brings a, a burning off of the impurities, a burning off of the dross. And we want the fire of God in our lives. We want his presence. We want his holy passion, his fire. We want to see him. And he says, his eyes were like a flame of fire. It's interesting. Today starts Yom Kippur, the 24th of September, starts this evening, goes to tomorrow evening, the highest holy day. And what the Jews do is this is the day of atonement. This is the day that they went in. Actually, one high priest went in for the sins of the whole year for the people. And, and with, not without blood, not without the sprinkling of blood over the Ark of the Covenant, not without sacrifice. How many know God didn't do anything without sacrifice? And you're sitting here today with joy, peace, health, eternal life because Jesus sacrificed himself for you. Amen. And he was the blood sacrifice that ultimately came before God. And the Bible says he entered in by virtue of his own blood. There was all these sacrifices, but now the one final sacrifice was Jesus Christ who died, went into the most holy place. How many know the right hand of the father, the most holy place? And he offered up his own blood and said, God, can all this stop? And can my blood cleanse humanity, past, present, and future from all sin, cleanse their guilt, shame, heal their bodies, make them free, and give them eternal salvation? And the Father said, yes, is acceptable. How many are, are rejoicing about that day of atonement for us? So atonement doesn't happen without sacrifice. So I love that Isaac's life, according to uh, Genesis 25, 26, 25, that, that the Bible says Isaac after Abraham did three things. And I just want to focus on one of them. He did three things when he went out from his father. He built an altar. He pitched a tent and dug a well. What a great priority. He built an altar. That means God was first in his life. He was going to sacrifice. He took care of his family. Secondly, how many know men, we, 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 we got to learn God's priorities. Amen. So he said he pitched the tent, he took care of his family, then he dug a well, then he went to work. He got some water for his animals and he started digging a well so he could sustain that which God had called him to. But this first one is about living on the altar, about building an altar to God in your heart, about being a living sacrifice in your heart that's holy and acceptable unto God. Actually, Romans says it this way, 12.1, beloved friends, 
what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be a sacred living sacrifice, and live in holiness, experiencing all the delight of his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Today I want to talk to you about living on the altar, but also living in the fire. We say living on the altar, and I love what Pastor Matt, because he was in the flow of the Holy Ghost, is exactly what the Holy Spirit's saying to the church today. Are we living on the altar? Are we living in the fire? Are we living this life of sacrifice? And here's the three words God gave me. Because if we're going to move on into the fire of God, when good fire comes, it burns up the impurities. It burns up the attitudes. It burns up the flesh. See, we, we, you know, when you, you, do, you do podcasts or you do little sermonettes and you put them on, man, people are all about the blessing. I, I want to prosper. I want to move forward. I want to be healed. I want to be blessed. I wanna, but you start talking about, hey, put your podcast up on dying daily. You get like two likes. <laughs> Living on the altar, three likes. How, how to get a breakthrough today before tomorrow. Oh, millions of hits. How to live in holiness in the fear of the Lord, seven. Seven these. And so, like Pastor Matt said, sometimes we don't want to embrace this side of God that really helps us to increase our lives and the capacity to contain more of his love, more of his grace, more of his anointing, more of his breakthrough, more of this fire of God. So if we're living sacrifice, the problem is the living sacrifice starts to smell smoke and starts to smell flesh burn, and it tends to crawl off the altar. It tends to get out of here quick because we like comfort. We like the Christian comforts. We like the comfortable sermons. We don't like the challenge sermons. And so when we preach, we're here to preach, teach, and reach, but we're also here to bring... uh, disturbing the comfortable and comforting the disturbed. Amen? So when I look at this, I go, a living sacrifice, there's three things that have to burn away today if we're going to live in the fire. And, and I want to give these to you in a real practical way, but the first one is, actually, I'll just say them to you. You can write them in your notes. The facade, the facade, the filter. Think about the filters. The, the facade, the filter, and the fabrication. The Holy Spirit wants to do a work in our lives on the facade, the filter, and the fabrication. What's the facade? You know, about 18 years ago, we went to look for a home before we built our home. And the guy brought us to this neighborhood. And when he brought us to the neighborhood, I was like, this is a brand new housing addition. This is, this is great. Man, look at, look at all the building they're doing here. We can sell you a house for this much money. It's great. And he goes, come look at this house. And I said, okay, that's a good house. And that's a good house. And that's a good house. And, and, and he said, I said, but, but something's, something's a little wrong. They all look the same. They're a different color, but they all look the same. And what I noticed was the, the, the front would have brick on it or stone on it. But the side was totally different. And the back was really different. So you drive up the street and all these houses look the same. That's a nice facade and that's a nice facade and that's a veneer and that's brick and that's, that's real, that's fake. That's, but what I noticed when I went around back, they had these big, huge windows in the, in the front, but in the back there was like one window like this big, a bathroom window. Like, I don't want a window like that. I want to I see light. I want light to come in. 
On the side, there's these little tiny windows, but the front, everything looked good. This is what we call facade. Like sometimes in our lives, Olivia talked about it yesterday. Olivia was talking about how great it looked at a picture of her babies. One baby strapped to her, one baby holding this hand, one, one, one toddler holding this hand so he couldn't run away. She said, I look really good at church, and that's the picture we post. I have everything together. She said, but you didn't see me trying to get snacks and trying to get drinks and get three kids in the car. My husband went there because he had to come early to usher. And, and the kid was yelling. The kid grabbed the toy and I couldn't close the door on the car and the seat belt. The car seat wouldn't go in. We, we don't see the fight behind the scenes. We just look at the good picture. That's a facade, right? So, so we want to show you as a home buyer, everything looks really good. And, and here's what the realtor said to me. I said, that, that, that doesn't look, that's all siding. And I want, I want like a mostly brick house. And they said, no, no, just stand here. If you stand here, it all looks the same. How many know, depending on your view, the facade can look pretty good. But if you're doing a 360 view, it doesn't look like the front matches the sides and the back. And then the same way on social media, there's this filter, there's this filter that makes everything look better. Oh man, I'll date you, I wanna meet you, I wanna see you, and then you go to meet at Applebee's two for 20. And like, I thought, I thought you were, I'm not, not like, was there a filter or something on there? You, 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 you didn't have all this going on up here and, and your lips looked a little bigger. What, 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 what was that? I don't know, ask my daughter, is there something, is there something on the, is there something on the filter? She knows all about the filters. Does the filters make your lips bigger and your nose better and your head and your hair? What if I could have hair? I'm Pastor Buck, man. Filters, filters, filters. Filters try to deceive and lie to about what the truth is so that we can look better. We want to look better. So we have these facades, we have these filters, but then we begin to tell fabrications. We begin to tell stories. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm helping pastors and I get phone calls every day, even while in Egypt, about issues and problems. And so you start talking to a pastor, you ask him questions. Well, how many are you running? How, how, many, how many people do you have in your parking lot? How many, how many kids are coming to your children's church? And how much money are you bringing in? And all of a sudden, a spirit of fabrication gets on everybody. I said, well, I didn't see. It didn't look like that. I didn't know. Were you counting all the pregnant mothers that are having twins and triplets? Because I'm just not seeing it. And so what happens is because because of the flesh... We begin to fabricate stories and we say, man, how, how many fish did you catch, Seth? He said, I caught seven. And see that? Just turn around with your Bass Pro. Get in the camera. Turn around with your Bass Pro. He came ready for this illustration. How big was a fish, Seth? I went over my pond. He was with his son fishing. I said, what'd you catch? And he pulled out this thing. It was about this big. Even Abraham was looking at it like, that's not a good fish. Little cheap fish. Seth, what'd you get? Oh, we got, you know. But I, I want to be real with you. What, what is it in us that makes us want to fabricate? Th- this root causes a problem in our lives. And we don't even see it. The Western church has become so real and, and convenient with, with the filters, the facades, and the fabrications. We look good at church on Sunday, but the rest of the week seems like hell. 
We, we, we look like we've got it all together, but what's going on behind the scenes is really the authenticity of our life. That, that the world looks at all this stuff, but God looks on the heart. This isn't Vinny's friend. This is Alec. He's his own man. Come on. Right? It's not about who we're around. It's not about... Everyone's trying to get a... Gabe said to me, Dad, it was so cool. I went to Bethel and Jen prophesied over me. And he said, I noticed something weird. Everyone was trying to get pictures. Like if Jen was just talking to somebody, Jen Johnson, he said, all these people would go over by her and just stand next to her and go like this. Like, and then he said, my friend, I looked, he posted one of these world-renowned worship leaders next to him, and it looked like they were best friends. He said, when I looked at his post, he was posting stuff like just hanging out with the man, the worship leader. Gabe said, I watched him take the picture. He didn't even know him. He skipped the whole class. He said, instead of taking notes, he was trying to figure out how he could get a cool picture of the guy. And he said he watched him pull it in, Photoshop it, and then he was standing next to him fabrication with filters and facades and God says that stuff's when the fire of God hits that all burns up it just burns up it doesn't matter in eternity so when I looked at this I want wow this is interesting because Acts 5 says it this way the spirit of God moved in Acts 1 Acts 2 people were filled with the spirit and with fire Acts 3 healings took place miracles generosity people were given like never before interesting the Holy Spirit gets on you, you become generous. The Holy Spirit gets on you, you want to give. You say, there's 100 days left. I'm going to beat, I'm going to, I'm going to believe God to, to give more than I did last year. I'm going to believe God to see more miracles than last year before the end of the year. How many want to set a goal, amen? That your marriage is better, your kids are better. That, that the Holy Spirit would empower you by his grace to do more for him by his spirit. And so as we set these goals, sometimes we, if we're not real with God, we don't realize Acts 5 says all this stuff's going on. Acts 4, and at the end of Acts chapter 4, Barnabas, son of encouragement, comes, sees what God's doing to the disciples, and he, 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 he sells his property, and he says, I'm giving everything to God. He brings it, and he lays it at the apostles' feet. Everybody in the church at Grace Life, they're all pretty excited, man. How, how much, dude, how much can you hear the people? Barnabas, what did he give, dude, Two, 200K? What, 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 dude, that's a good offering. And all of a sudden, people are looking around like, did you give anything? A eh, dollar, quarter, you a tither? <laughs> you give to God? Let's change the subject. Steelers are playing tonight, 820. See, because that's uncomfortable. But as all this stuff was going on, the story, you'll see it up behind me in Acts 5. But a certain man, right after this name, Ananias, and his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property. He said, and with his wife's knowledge, he said, and convenience, he kept back wrongfully and appropriated some of the proceeds, bringing only a part, putting them at the apostles' feet. And here's what Peter asked him, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart with this fabrication? That you would lie to the Holy Ghost because you're not lying to God. Excuse me, you're not lying to man, you're lying to God. He said, wait, wait, wait a minute. You don't understand that guy just gave some stuff. I talked to my wife. Can you imagine this story? I don't know. I was reading it in the fear of God when I was in the, the awe of God with, with, with Pastor John texted me, said, you and Amy come tonight. 
and, 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 and uh, sit with us up here, here, Brother Bevere. I said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Egypt, Pastor John. So, so my wife went, and, and, and I'm reading through this at the same time, and I'm hearing words in the summers. I'm preaching on the presence of God, and I'm sharing this story about Ananias and Sapphira because we want the fire of God to fall. We want the power of God to fall. We want holiness. We want breakthrough. We want... But something happened. These people were concocting a story that was going to make them look better. And so this has nothing to do with... I was just minding my own business. I got to Egypt. The Lord said, it's uncomfortable here. It's uncomfortable to fly 30 hours. It's uncomfortable to be in a Muslim world. It's uncomfortable to be with all Muslims and you're wearing a cross. It's uncomfortable to be driving in Cairo and it's dusty and there's people everywhere that need to know Jesus. It's uncomfortable. And so the Lord said to me, he said, it's interesting because this very scenario, we think it was just about money. Oh, it's just about money. They stole money, Pastor. They lied about money. They cooked the books. They cheated on their taxes. They lied. Boom! God blew them up. End of story. They carried them out. But no, no, no. It's a little deeper. It's a little deeper. They thought in their heart that, and this is, this is what God said to me. I, I didn't read it. I didn't see it. He said, this is nothing more than the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride of life says, I want what he has. I want to look like he does. I want to look bigger than him. I want to one-up him. I want to look better in front of people. And so we create this fear of man. How do I look? How's my car? How's my stuff? How's my, my shoe? My, my? And God says, I don't look at any of that, church. I'm not looking at what that. Thank God he's not looking at my hair today. He's not looking at that. Hey, and you know, we, we, we got these gym rats. We're, 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 we're going to the gym, and we should. But even Pastor Matt lost some of his abs over the last couple of years. I just hide my keg. But, 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 but the reality is people put so much infrastructure and investment in the physical that is temporary. But can you imagine this sitting with his wife? Did you see what, what Barnabas gave? Yeah. Hey, let's go sell some of our property too. We can be generous. Yeah, we can. But you know what? If we're going to give 200, if we sell it for 200K, why don't we just hold 100K back for us? And then we'll act like, this is the motive. God looks at, we'll act like we were just like Barnabas. We'll act like, look at our gift. That, that might be one reason at Grace Life Church, we try not to make a big deal of offerings. Now we do make a big deal of giving. I don't want some unsaved person to be forced to put something in the offering if they don't understand the laws of giving and receiving and sowing and reaping and how God says a generous man devises a generous plan a liberal man shall be made fat the righteous shall increase the pro- wait, 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 wait I don't want them struggling with that until they're saved until they're a child of God until they're in the kingdom but what happens is people say, okay, I'm in the kingdom now. And I'm, I'm going to sing. I want to be up on that stage. And I, I want to be seen. And I, I want to, if I have an offering, I want people to know. The Bible says, when you give, don't let your left hand know that your right hand gave. Right. Don't tell anybody. He said, and when you do this before God in secret, he will reward you in openly. How many know that means God's looking at your heart? He's not looking to hear, hey, oh, by the way, <laughs> I was sitting in a meeting in Warsaw, Indiana with my brother, and the guy said, uh, a guy stood up and said, I feel eight people are supposed to give $10,000. And the guy sitting next to me said, he, he looked at his wife, said, we're not doing that. And he went like this, and his wife grabbed his leg like this. She started pinching it. And I watched them pull out the checkbook and go, all right, like that. 
How many know that's under compulsion? The Lord doesn't like that. The Lord loves a cheerful giver because sometimes we're connected to be seen of man instead of be seen of God, what's really going on in our heart. And Peter said, who has concocted a story that you would literally not lie to man, but you would lie to God. You fabricated what you were doing because of the pride of life. And so I'm standing here in the presence of God. I'm getting ready to study. I'm studying and I'm getting ready to walk across to a conference with a couple thousand people in it. And my son's praying with me and we're, we're seeking what God's going to say because this Arabic language is a little bit different. And at that minute, my phone, I get a text. It's from Pastor Josue and Miriam in tears, crying. And he sends me a picture, Amy and I talking. He said, thank you for the beautiful transition of our service as we turn our church over to another pastors and move to Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Graceland, amen. And so at the same time, then another message pops up. It's Tim Redman. And Tim is one of our board members. He's sitting in Tulsa and he, it's hours difference. He goes, just got blown away by our righteousness class. This content in this class has changed everyone's life. This place is on fire. Thank you, Pastor Buck, for delivering the word. And then at the same time, I start to walk up to the row, and the guy nods to me and says, you ready to preach? Nader, the old, your old interpreter from Exploration, is going to be your interpreter. And I didn't know he was coming. I came out, I hugged him, and he says to me, we will be on the three biggest Muslim networks in the Muslim world. Your potential to preach to 200 million people will happen now. Let's go. And I said, I said, I said, wow, how can somebody do all these things at once? Well, the power of video, right? And here's what the Lord said to me. Listen to this. this it, 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 I was kind of like, 200 million? Really? That changes my message. Who am I talking to? And these big cranes, cameras were going around like this. And the Lord said, what's your heart motive? Because anything that's wood, hay, or stubble with wrong motive, it's going to burn up with a fire. Any wrong heart motive, you got your reward. What's in your heart, Pastor Buck? Do you really want to see each little Muslim person come to know Jesus? Do you want to see that person filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you really want to see God move and the fire sweep this nation? So when God said, what's your heart motive? I looked at this. And I heard this, pride of life, pride of life. And the Lord said, when I move and my fire comes, no flesh will glory. No flesh. See, our flesh, our life is to give glory to God. Why is it after the football game, after the touchdown, after the goal scored, after the basketball game, there's, there's so much celebration. The kids actually started doing stuff on TikTok and YouTube before they even play sports or get good at it. First, they want to learn a good celebration. I'm like, what are you doing? This is how you celebrate after you score. How about you score first? This is what you do when you get a touchdown and you point. What? Because it's not about him. It's about you. And the Bible says in the presence of God, you don't want to fall out dead. You want God to move in your life, but you want the fire to hit you in a way that it burns out attitudes, it burns out actions, it burns out offenses, it burns out hurt, it burns out sickness and disease, it burns out the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, which says it this way in John 1, 1 John 2, don't love the world's ways, don't love the world's goods. Love, the love of the world squeezes the love of the Father. Wow. The love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. 
practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But look at this. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Come on. Who wants to do the will of God? And can I tell you, the will of God is super uncomfortable. And, and you look at me, you say, Pastor, why do you have to? I'm thankful for Pastor Nick Wicks. I'm thankful for Pastor Amy Schaefer. I'm thankful for Pastor Joey, for Seth, for Vinny, for all, Pastor Matt, people that keep things going. I don't, I don't want to go there. The worst trip in the world. Go to the Far East. Go, go down under. You, you know how long it takes to get there? It's like a miracle that I can, I can be in a seatbelt on a plane for 19 hours. You ought to see that. I wish you could see a video of that. It's the most uncomfortable. I'm like negotiating in my mind. Just chill. Just wait. Get up and walk. Hit the back restroom. Get a long walk. Come back. Do a push-up on the floor. Stretch. Bend over. Do something. Get a, get a meal. Study the word for three hours. You got 14 hours on this one flight from Doha to JFK. Study the word for three hours. Watch a movie. Forcers, I hate movies. Watch a movie. I'm watching one, one, two more, two more hours. <laughs> two more hours. Back, come in line with the word of God. In Jesus' name, I, I live and not die. We'll land this 777. In Jesus' name, I'll be home in America. Welcome to America, sir. He said, what the hell were you doing in Egypt? <laughs> Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being uncomfortable. Because Pastor John Osteen said to me and Amy, he said to Amy and I, he said, if you ever stop going to the world, you'll get comfortable and you'll lose your heart for the nations. I obey the will of God. I don't do what my will is. I do what his will is. His will is his word. What's his word say to do? As Jesus gets closer and closer to coming, we need to be found right in the will of the Father. Not looking like everything's good. I checked the box. I went to church. I did, I did. I, no, no, no. Let the fire of God burn out all the impurities as a living sacrifice so that you're holy and acceptable. What's the heart motive? The Bible tells us about the pride of life. Wow. Listen to 2 Timothy 3. People in the last days will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. Can I tell you something? I talked to, I, talk, I went to life groups. I talked to every man I could find. You coming? You coming? One guy said, well, I don't know about the money. I'm like, what? But you hunt, you fish, you, you get a new boat this year. But and at the time, you don't understand. Are you going to build an altar first? Is Jesus the priority of your life? Is God's will the priority of your life? Or do we just let impurities, impurities, which lack the awe of God, which are designed to pull you back into the world system. As the second scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, but you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, verse 3, then they will become addicted and hateful, malicious slanders, slaves to their own desires, self, 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 selfie. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right, with brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted, wrapped in the clouds of their own conceit. Here it is, pride of life. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. They may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, 
have nothing to do with the power of God. Stay away from people like these. Do you watch people that are so enamored with the things of the world? Why do, why do we want to go back to all our friends in the world? Do you want to go back and blow doobies with those dudes? Do you want to go back and buy drugs from those dudes? You, you want to pull them into the kingdom, not you into the old ways of the world. Because he that does and prioritizes the will of God will endure forever. So if we're going to do the will of God, guess what? I have to live on the altar. I have to live in the fire like Amy was teaching about. I got I to gotta get in the fire. And guess what? There's, there's Jesus gets with you in the fire. How many know the closest place you've ever been to God is in the fire? And when you're dying to self, you say, what do you do about the things that care less about stuff? In fact, when you really care less about stuff, that's when God will give it all to you. See, too many are dominated by the things of this world instead of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I passed that test a long time ago when I was here broke, no paycheck. We were over there. Amy talked about a little bit. I was ready to quit, throw in the towel, let's bounce. And right in the middle of that season, I get a letter and an email from a guy that says, we just decided, worst time ever, no paycheck for three years, struggling to believe God, believing for mailbox faith, waiting for a check to come so we could keep the church open. Going out and preaching somewhere, they hand me a $50,000 check, I hand it over to the church to pay three months mortgage. Then I go out again, two weeks later, preach again, 25,000, give it to the church to pay payroll. True story, but don't get a paycheck. Nobody knew that. That was that hidden stuff. That wasn't the facade. And then in the midst of this, I got an email. It says, from a church right in the Midwest, a huge church, we've unanimously voted. You and Amy are the senior pastors. The board has spoken. Will you accept the job? And my flesh said, yes. Deliverance, Finally. I can leave in February with a three-foot-high snow day in Pittsburgh, PA. We had a pastor's conference. 120 pastors came, 75 of them snuck in and didn't pay. Left us holding the budget of 30000 with Craig Groeschel, uh, Gerald Brooks, John Nuzo, five, six other guys, Sam Smucker. And I'm standing there telling my wife, I don't even want to go to work today. i got to come up with twenty five grand because people stole and then I get this email. I was like, God delivers. Thank you, Jesus. And I looked at it, it, what that, that would look like financially, numerically, house-wise, vehicle-wise, stuff-wise. And I got a little excited in my flesh. But I went to bed at night. I called Amy. I was in Seattle with Casey Treat, actually. And I, I prayed. And I said, Lord, what do you want? He said, stay put in the hard places. Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn the dross off your life. That a car, a big paycheck, something that's temporary has to mean nothing to you. If you're ever going to do the will of God, you're going to have to put the kingdom first. You're going to have to put the will of God first. And you're going to have to say goodbye to all the stuff. You're going to have to die to selfie. And you're going to have to live unto God. And that is what you will do as a living sacrifice that is wholly acceptable. And I remember the last dot of the dot. I will not be coming. Sorry. The email came back. Are you sure? We have 24 hours to make the decision. Yes, I'm sure. Zing, send. I'm staying in the will of God. 
I'm staying in the purpose of God. I'm staying in the plan of God because stuff does not matter. The impurities of life have to burn off like dross out of silver or gold so that the true purity of God's goodness, the purity of the pride of life can be rebuked so that your real motive rises to the top. Why do we do what we do? You won't convince me to go, come, or stay based on anything you do because I live to please the audience of one. Everyone say death to self. 1 Corinthians 15, 31 says, I assure you that by the pride which I have in you, your fellowship and union with Christ, Jesus our Lord, that I die daily and I face death every day and I die to self. Let me close with this scripture in 1 Corinthians 3. Here's what he says. But if anyone builds upon the foundation, 312, whether it be with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, the work which each one will become openly known for what it is, openly, someone say openly, For the day of Christ will disclose and declare it because it will be revealed with fire. The fire will test critically, appraise the character and worth of the work that each person has done. How many know that's going to be an important day? You you think it's an important day that I post, Pastor. Let me put my post up who I was with. Let me show you the steak I ate. It was medium rare. Look at the blood coming off the plate. Can I tell you, nobody cares about what you had for dinner. It's going to burn up. Who you were with? I remember one day I told my wife, Michael Jordan's right here. He was golfing. He was like, hey, what's up? And I said, got a picture with him. Let's go. One day, Dennis Rodman was standing in Fort Lauderdale. I handed my son Gabriel to him. I said, can I get a picture with you? He said, sure, sir. It'd be wonderful. He put his arm around me. See, see, we we want this pride of life feeling. Look who I was with. Look what I was eating. Look what I drive. Look, look, look at my car. Look at, look at my bicep. Look at, right? Where's Russ at today? He was flexing his muscles up at, at Beyondy, Lincoln Mercury. He was pulling a truck and he had his arms rolled up. I'm just kidding. But, 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 but listen what he says in, in verse 14. And the work which any person has built on the foundation of any other efforts, whatever, survives the test, he will get his reward. But if any person's work is burned up under the test, he will suffer loss of it all losing his reward though he himself will be saved, but only as one who has passed through the fire of fabrications, the fire of filters, the fire of those facades. Lord, I want to look good. I showed up at church. I put my time in. I'm doing. I'm doing. But you notice you're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works. Listen, amen, should boast. God's not looking for your works unto salvation. He's looking for salvation unto good works. In other words, God changed my heart so much, I can't help but giving. The Holy Spirit's touched me with the fire of God, and it went me to go from from stinginess to generosity, from depression to joy. 
from not enough to more than enough, from sickness to healing, from curses to blessing. What are those impurities in your life today that God's saying to you? Get those on the altar. Get that attitude on the altar. Get that little relationship. I'll continue this next week, but I'll tell you, it's going to be explosive what God showed me. And I I knew I couldn't do it in one sermon, so you should be rejoicing because I'm not doing seven closings today. (laughs) But all this will burn up. 1 Peter 1, 7 says, but these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire, your authentic faith will result in more praise and glory and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. So if you're on the altar, if you're in the fire, I used to think, I used to think as a young pastor, get me out of this situation. Get me out of this situation. God, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Do we have to do this? Do I have to do this? Like every week. And I said, I smell flesh burning. I smell attitude. So as I did that conference, I walked off the stage and I went back to my room and started studying. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, you'll see next week. God did many miracles. But the Lord said, go judge the motive of your heart. Why do you do what you do? And I've been with all kinds of missionaries that, that, that put stuff up and post pictures and post. Wow, God must be, just, just get that right filter to make it look like it was so. None of that matters. None of that matters. None of that matters. That's, that's wood, that's hay, that's stubble. That stuff's going to burn. I want to be a flamethrower that in my life it's full of purity so that the dross and the impurities are so burned up that you can't even see Pastor Buck anymore. You just see Jesus. That he might increase and I might decrease. So as you grow in God, guess what you get to do? You get to die, 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 die. Die more and more to your attitude. Die to self so that you can live to the most high God. A lot of people don't shout about that. But I can tell you that's the place where you really shout. When you realize that thing's gone from me, that addiction's gone from me, that attitude's gone from me, that offense is gone from me, that hurt has left my life, and I'm standing here free because the fire of God has burned out. That what do we do? We, we start judging people. Forget about that. That's wood, hay, and stubble. Finally, as I close with Revelations 3, I love what he says. The angel of the Lord said to this church at Laodicea, These are the faithful words. This is what Mike, if you want revelation of a historian and a scholar and a doctor, do not, men, do not miss the men's retreat. We'll be in a room with mighty men of God. Pastor, I think six churches are coming, bringing men. But I'm telling you, I just want to be in the room. When you're in the room, everything changes. Show up, be present, buy in, sell out. Let's do it, men. But listen what he says to the angel of the Lord, Laodicea, these words of amen and the faithful true witness and the ruler of God's creation. Here's what God says. I know your deeds. They're not, they're not hot. They're not cold. I wish they were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. 
Now, now you, you say, Pastor, what was this? This is the revelation of the churches, the seven churches. There was a revelation that Jesus said, I am the fire, I am the candle, I am the one that walks in the midst of the church. And John said, he looked like a flaming fire. What's he doing right now? You say, what's he doing today? He's walking through Grace Life Church, purifying like a fire. That's why we want the fire. God, Jesus is fire. God's a consuming fire. He's, a guy said to me, do you want me to go one hour to the left? I said, why? He said, I can take you to the church where they built the church. It's a Coptic church. They built it around the burning bush where Moses was. I said, do we have time? He said, not really, but I can. I said, let's go. He said, that bush is still red as ever. He said, it's right in the middle of the church. How many know Jesus is a fire that stands in the middle of the church? And he's looking at our motives and our hearts and why we do what we do. Why'd you give? Why'd you lift your hand? Because Pastor Matt told you to. Or did you do it from your heart? Why'd you give your tithe? Pastor told you to. You'll never get blessed if you give your tithe because I tell you. But when the Holy Spirit says you need to become generous and yield to that so I can open up your life to be faithful and little so that I can make you ruler over much. Some of that greed for the worldly lust has to die so that you can obey the will of God for your life. Don't consider what someone thinks or says. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Listen to what he says here. I know your deeds. How many know we're not faking anyone out when we fabricate or crunch the numbers a little bit different? God sees everything. You came in naked. You're going out naked. That's what the Bible says. Everything will be laid bare. I saw your deeds neither hot nor cold. Listen to what he says. The church at Laodicea. Come on, man, I'm rich. I got enough. I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. Don't you realize you're wretched, pitiful and poor, blind, can't see, and you're naked? What I want you to do, I counsel you to buy gold refined in the fire so you can become truly rich. That's a whole nother sermon right there. Can I just say something to you? Because I feel it by the Holy Ghost. I want rich people at Grace Life Church. You say, what do you mean by that? Paul talked about the unsearchable riches of Christ. I want you to be rich on the inside. When you get riches, glory, and honor, and seek first his kingdom and do his will, the joy comes. The anointing comes. The power comes. The fire comes. But today he's asking, what needs to burn up on the altar? What needs to be tried in the fire? Because if you put it in there, what's, what's, what's going to... What's the impurity that's going to be burned off? The impurity in the metal, the silver, or the gold, it it rises to the top. It sucks out the impurities so that what remains is pure. And God said, that's what I'm trying to do in your heart. That's what a living sacrifice is all about, Pastor Buck. Stay on the altar. Don't crawl off the altar. Don't get out of the fire. Stay in the fire. It's purging you from this life and from the temporary things of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know what? I'll talk about it next week, but righteous Lot, he liked the immoral lifestyle. He liked Sodom and Gomorrah. He liked the things of this world so much that his wife had to look back and say, I love that lifestyle. 
How many people do we have in the church that love that lifestyle? Can I tell you, young men, young ladies, the drugs won't last. The drugs won't give you a high. That sexual encounter, it's fleeting. It's a lie. It'll just give you a soul tie. It'll break your heart later on. He might look cute, but he has a wrong motive, wrong agenda. That'll kill your life. Wrong relationships will destroy you. There's some people, and I'm not, don't, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying we throw people to the curb. But there might be some relationships in your life that you need to throw on the altar. So they can burn up because they're leading you in the wrong direction. I counsel you by gold from me, refined by the fire so that you can be seriously rich, rich, your wealthy place, this joy that comes from the inside, this joy like David had of your salvation, that you have clothes to wear that are white so you can cover your shameful Adam nakedness, one translation says, and the sleigh salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Verse 19 says, Those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest. Listen, I'm closing right here. Be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at your door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person and he with me. I will, that that word's actually translated koinonia. I will fellowship. This is the goal of everything that we're able to fellowship with God. As we close our eyes and bow our heads, if there's any separation, if there's any impurities today, I don't know what else to tell you on this high holy day where Jesus did it all for us by his blood. That we're going to be shouting a million years from now, those of you who are making it to heaven, about the blood of Jesus and how it transformed your family and your life and your kids. We're going to be shouting, why are we thinking about just the temporary? The focus of the eternal, of what Jesus has done today. And here's all he asks. You think it's a, a crazy thing in church life, that word repentance. But I can tell you, I can tell you it's a beautiful word. Because it means to make a decision of metanoia to change your mind. Go away, do a 180 degree turn from your old attitudes, the old curses, the old situations, the impurities of your thoughts, the porn on your computer, the situations on your phone, the filters, the fabrications, the stories, the facades that we want to look good in front of man. But God says, why don't you live to please the audience of one and break the pride of life that will do whatever so people think you're something you're not.